0: Welcome to the
1: Limitless Church Podcast. In today's episode, you'll be hearing from Bishop Scotty Scott as he presents the message, Contender. We hope you enjoy. Give him a praise in the house one more time. Come on. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet and give him praise. Give him glory. Hallelujah. If he's a good God, tell him how good he is. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, my God is an awesome God. <laughs> my God is an awesome God. I, I, I can't speak for your God. Maybe your God's weak. Maybe your God can't help you. Maybe you bought your God at Walmart and you put him on the, on the top of the shelf. I can't speak for your God. I, I don't know about your God. But my God <laughs> is able. To do abundantly and exceedingly above all. I, can, I serve an awesome God. I serve a wonder-working God. A miracle-working God. A God of a breakthrough. Can I get an amen? amen. Leave your neighbor say, God's about to show up for you. T- turn to him and say, my God is about to show up for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turn to somebody and say, that's why God let you sit next to me today. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm holding your miracle. I'm holding your breakthrough. I'm about to call on my God. I'm about to call on my God. I'm about to call on my God. The God who answers by fire. The God who answers in power. The God who shows himself strong. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Turn to that same person and say, get ready for a miracle right now. God the good God is about to do something good for you. Oh, if you believe it give him praise for it right now. Oh! Oh, he's good. Oh, he's good. If you have your Bible stand with me. I want to jump in this cuz I've been Oh, I've been carrying this for about a month and a half. And y'all y'all made the mistake and let me get in the woods for a week. And God does crazy things on the mountain in the woods, and so I've come loaded off the mountain. Y'all ready for this? Amen. I feel I pray like, like Moses came off the mountain. I'm about to come off the mountain with a word from the Lord. Amen. Anybody ready to receive a word from God? Amen. 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 And so I want you to turn with me to Jude. 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 Jude, chapter one. Ah, uh, hallelujah. Anybody excited about God's word today? Jude chapter 1. We're going we're to read, I'm going to read verse 1 through verse 11. Jude 1, verse 1 through verse 11. The whole, we're really going to, this month, going to go through Jude, period, and I'm going to lay out why. But, but, but Jude is going to be where we hang our hat. If you get to Jude 2, you've gone too far. <laughs> I <laughs> said, so, well, what chapter? Well, okay, if you have to ask that, <laughs> we're going to have our own little Bible study after service because we're going to start doing Genesis, Exodus, we, We're going to break it down for you. Amen. Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1. I want to go through verse 1 through verse 11. That's where we're going to focus and hang our hat today, but through this month. I promise you, you're going to be blessed. Your life's going to be revolutionized. God's going to prepare you for some things. God's going to open your eyes to some things that maybe are in your life and around your life and even around this world that are happening right now and to show you why God is positioning you and positioning you in the body and positioning the body in the world for what God's about to do. I believe it more than ever before. This is where the Spirit of the Lord is moving and speaking right now. Are you all ready? Jude chapter 1. Verse 1, it reads, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Uh, look at your neighbor say there's one job opening. Yeah. This, this is the same, this is the same way that, that, that he titles himself is the same way that Paul would title himself at the beginning of his, of his letters. Whenever you wanted to title a letter to send to, to somebody, you always wanted to give your credentials. Because you wanted to give them validation. Of the authority in which you were about to speak, what you were about to speak into their life. And Jude opens his credentials up and says, Here's my resume. Jude, slave. Look at him saying, One job opening. There's one job opening in the kingdom of God. Oh. And that job opening is slave. Ooh. See, I just said that and it got real quiet. Because y'all about to have an anti-slavery movement against me. Are you with me right now? But God's about to tell you, there's one job opening in my body. Slave. Until you are the slave of Christ, you can't be anything in Christ. A slave doesn't have its own will. A slave's entire purpose is to serve its master. A A slave doesn't have a choice. See, the, the problem with us is we think we still do. Mm-hmm. We think we got options in Christ. Who told you you had an opinion? Oh, it's quiet now. Let me ask you, in your relationship with Christ, whenever your opinion was different than his opinion, how did it go for you? Not too well. Look at your neighbor say, hi, I'm a slave. Yeah, yeah, and why? Because until you're a slave for Christ, you will not be the right bishop for Christ. Until you're a slave for Christ, you won't be the right children's worker for Christ. Until you're a slave for Christ, you won't be the right janitor for Christ. Are you with me right now? Until you're a slave for Christ, you can't be any kind of leader in Christ. That's why he says the least shall become the greatest. Why? because I need you to understand that as long as your will and your options are available to you, you will never reach your potential in me. Because the moment you, unless you lose your life, you will never find it. The moment you give up your opinion, the moment you give up your options, the moment you give up your choices to pick up his will is the moment you just picked up his wonder and his glory in your life because God can't give you the life he has for you when you're still trying to live your own. Is anybody with me? I, Jude, the servant of Christ, the, the bond servant of Jesus Christ, a brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God and the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Verse 2, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. I want you to lay your hand on somebody next to you right now and just say that right now. <laughs> mercy <laughs> unto you and peace. See, see, until until you have had to receive mercy, you can't properly give mercy. See, you can't do this, you can't say this prayer if you still feel like you have never needed mercy in your life. Self-righteousness is the enemy of mercy. Why? Because you can't give what you've never had to receive. Why are we walking around like we've never needed mercy? Why are we acting as if that they need mercy, we don't need mercy? That you've got issues, I have no issue. Why would you cry, save me, if you weren't drowning? It was a... Uh Look at them and say, "You you ain't that holy, you ain't that holy. You ain't that holy that you've never needed mercy in your life. I don't care who you are, I can put a video up here on the screen right now of a conversation of something of your past. All of us at times have had our conversations. All of us at times. Some of us were liars. Some of us were whoremongers. Some of us were deceivers. But God, who is rich in mercy. Is anybody with me right now? And, and, and when you have fully understood how you have needed to receive mercy, it gives you the ability to give mercy. See, I used to be very judgmental till I lived a life. Life will teach you mercy. See, see some people that are judgmental are immature. Because maturity teaches you mercy. Because maturity is not that you never had a failure, it's that you've been seasoned in the midst of your failure to know that God in your failure was merciful. There are times that I used to judge people when I was young that now the things I used to judge, I pray over. Why? Is because now I've had to walk through some days where I needed some mercy too. i walked through some days of some things that in my weakness, his strength was perfected and he brought me out of some things. When you've been brought out of a thing, you pray for mercy to bring somebody else out. Oh, hallelujah. Mercy. Okay. Verse 2. Mercy and peace and love be multiplied. Lay your hand on somebody say, be multiplied. Verse, th- verse 3. I, I know I'm, I'm preaching, but I'm not even preaching yet. Y'all with me? Yeah. Beloved. Look, you never say, that's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you just beloved? Would you just be Beloved? Would you just be loved? It's the greatest fight you'll ever have in your life, is to be loved. That's why every time he talks to you, he has to call you beloved. The hardest thing for me to ever preach, any preacher to ever preach, is the love of God. We talk about it all the time in church because now we're all about love. But we talk about it all the time, but we don't receive it. If we receive love the way we, we say we receive love, we would not be as critical as we are. The reason you're critical is because you don't feel loved. And when you feel condemned,
0: you condemn others. The reason you fight everybody is because you feel a fight in you. Hmm. You never say, be loved. See, the problem
1: we can't receive is because how can the God who knows everything about Knows my past, my present, my future. Knows all my failures, all my weakness, all the stuff I try to hide. How can the God who knows all that still?
0: And he keeps saying, Nothing can separate you, but you just be loved.
1: Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, somebody say, Common salvation. We'll get there. It was needful for me to write to you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once, somebody say once, not a couple times, not a few times, not, not variations and versions of. Uh, let them say this happened one time, this happened one time. That, that was once, once upon a time. I, I, I read stories to the girls every now and then, and the real good stories always start out with the phrase, once upon a time. That, mean, that, mean, that means there was a one time and a one experience at that one time. It wasn't many, it wasn't many upon a time. Once upon a time. Look at them say once upon a time. I, you shall earnestly contend for the faith that was once, once delivered unto the saints. Ugh. Verse 4. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before. Somebody say, it's an inside job. Crept in unawares who were before of old. Somebody say, it's, it ain't new. <laughs> Before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men. Look your neighbor say, they didn't just show up. they have been around. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, <laughs> Look at them say, You forgot some things. <laughs> How that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Look at your and say, Can he be your deliverer and your destroyer? Ooh, 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 ooh. It's getting tight in here now. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitations. Habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting chains unto darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. <laughs> Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, <laughs> are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Doesn't uh, sound sweet, does it? Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh. Listen to this. Despise dominion and speak evil dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending, somebody say contending, with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Why are they fighting over a dead man's bone. Ooh, durst not bring against him a railing accusation. That ooh, can, ooh. But said the Lord rebuke thee. Let like you never say there's some things you can't fight the devil over. Mm. But these speak. Evil of those things which they know not. Look at it and say, some people have forgotten more than you know. (laughs) Quiet now. It's quiet. But what they know naturally as brute beasts. If they know naturally, what is it that they don't know?
0: As brute beasts, in
1: those things they corrupt themselves. Verse 11. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Somebody say Cain. Number one, Cain. And ran greedily, greedily after the error of Balaam. Somebody say Balaam. For their reward. Number two. And perished in the gainsaying of Korah. I say Korah, number three. We're coming after three spirits today. You with me? Cain, Balaam, and Korah. But I want to focus on the verse where he says, I have, I contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Look at him and say, it's time to fight for something. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for being in this room. God, you're about to speak a word that if someone receives this word, it's going to change not only their life, but what you do through their life for the rest of their days. God, you're about. there's no accident who's in this room. You told me whoever heard this message, it was by a divine appointment for the purpose and calling that's on their life for them to be the change agent of God in the world. Something is about to shift. Something is about to change. God, something is about to change in this nation. Something is about to shift in this world. Something's about to shift in in the body of Christ that's going to bring an ultimate change of what is about to happen. Let the kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven let there be a kingdom uprising let there be a kingdom movement let there be a move of God that comes that brings people back into seeking real righteousness and let everything else be added unto it God in the name of Jesus I thank you that the kingdom has suffered violence but the shift is about to happen where the kingdom the, su- the suffering the kingdom suffered is about to reduce a kingdom people that will rise up and take it by force. God, release a forceful spirit in this house. Release a spirit, God, of people that are tenacious, of people, God, that are relentless, of people of God that refuse to lose because they contend to win in the faith that is once delivered unto them. I thank you for victory that's about to be released in people's lives. I thank you that somebody's going to realize that their fight is not in vain. I thank you that somebody's going to realize that what's been fighting them, God, you're about to fight for them. And I give you the glory and praise for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. As you see, it, turn to your neighbor and say, Hi, I'm the contender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoo! Y'all ready? Yeah, <laughs> somebody said no. <laughs> if I, if I, if I, I probably have never ever said this to you, but I want to say it to you now. I want you to get notepads out. I want you to get your device out. I want you to open up notes. I want you to take some notes over this next month because there's things that God's going to speak to you. that are going to speak to you because of what he wants to do through you. In this, if I've ever felt like I have a word for this hour, it's right now. Amen. Somebody say, I'm a champion. The thing about being a champion is this. Many times we we raise up people with a warrior mindset. But God never calls on prayer warriors. God calls prayer champions. The difference is is that we've raised up a warrior mindset in the body of Christ. What's the difference between a warrior and a champion? A warrior lives to war. A champion lives to win. And the question is not, will you have a fight? The question is, what are you in the fight for? Are you in the fight because you live to fight? Or are you in the fight just because it stands in the way of your win? Champions don't just fight anybody. Champions only fight if there is a purse. Champions only fight if there's a reason. Warriors fight because that's just what they do. Warriors live for a fight. Anybody ever, anybody ever been around somebody who has to have a problem? Anybody that ever live around somebody or be around somebody that has to have a war? And if there is no war, they will create one? If there is no problem, they make a problem just so they can say there's a problem. Have you ever met somebody that doesn't know how to live in victory? Ooh. Have you ever seen somebody who makes small things big things just so the big thing seems like a war when it's only a skirmish? It's because we've raised a warrior mindset, and and this is what I want to deal with today. I, I want to deal with what we're dealing with because we're dealing with a spirit. We're dealing with a spirit of contention. We're dealing with a spirit where everyone feels like they have to contend against something or somebody. If you don't think so, make a post. I don't care what you post. I don't care what you say. You can say Jesus loves you. There will be somebody contending that I don't know if he does. Maybe he loves me, but I don't know about you. Is anybody with me here? Because we have now have this mm, contending. But what, what are you contending for? Was the contention is because we live for this struggle, we live for this fight, we live... There was one time back in, back in the 90s when it was really, really strong and prevalent and dealing with a lot of the, the Middle East crisis back in the day. And someone came to me one time and when I was traveling internationally and I was dealing with a lot of different, different governments and dealing with a lot of different... Uh, 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 kind of leadership in different nations at that time and one of the leaders came to me and said what do you think about the crisis in the Middle East and what's your thought about how th- that there will be peace for Israel and I said as long as the players are the players that are in the middle of this crisis there will never be peace I said what do you they said what do you mean I said because there are people in power that don't live that are that that their whole position is to bring peace but they can't bring peace. Because if they bring peace, they lose their position. Because their whole identity is in the fight. Is anybody with me right now? And I said, as long as that person is in that, in that place, and that person is in that authority, there will never be peace. Because I have, they have to have the contention. They have to have the fight. They have to have the disunity. Because they get, they get paid for the fight. Oh Lord. Be weary of people who get paid to fight. Be weary of people whose identity is wrapped up in a battle. Oh Lord, have mercy. This is what this is the reason why I don't focus in on deliverance ministries. Quiet now. Does you mean you don't believe in deliverance? No, no, no. If you have demons, if, if if you manifest the devil in here, we're gonna get him out. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to walk out of here free. But I don't live for the devil in you. Ooh. See, the problem with many deliverance ministries is that now what was supposed to be focused on God and getting people freed in God, now they so much focus on the devil who's... Does anybody know what I'm saying? Anybody ever... Anybody ever been in the church where they have the newspapers already prepared for somebody to throw up? Oh, it's quiet now. They already have buckets ready for somebody to... Is anybody... Nobody? Okay. But that, and, and, I'm not, and I'm not fighting against ministry, I'm not give, giving you fight against specific things, I'm just talking, you have to be careful, you have to be careful, you have to be careful that you don't, you don't constantly are in a ministry that focuses on the devil that's in people or fighting people or opposing people that they don't wor- take their attention off of God who is the glory and the victor and, and the answer. Be careful that you're not so focused on finding demons that you ain't searching after God anymore. Be careful. He said, let God arise and his enemies will scatter. I found out that if we start focusing on getting the God out of people, you won't have to focus on getting the devil out of people because if God starts getting up in my spirit, he will break every chain, break every chain. Oh! It, mean, it, mean, it means, are you living for the fight? Are you living for the fight? It's, it's, it's funny, man. I've been around ministries and things that, 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 that you can never really be fully delivered. Where, where, where now they bring you in for deliverance, and you gotta, you got to be prayed for for deliverance, and then they say, come back next week. And the whole idea is is that i gotta keep having you have a demon have a problem have an issue have a spiritual issue in your house in your home i gotta reach into your, your great grandmama and show you where their spirits fighting you in your genealogy why is because if you don't have the demon i don't have a purpose in your life because i'm using your problem as dependence on me to be your answer instead of being a deliverer oh is anybody hearing me right now Ooh, be careful that, the, that your giant killer is not your giant's daddy. Be careful that there are not people who are killing your giant for you that didn't give birth to it. Because sometimes <laughs> they will give birth to your giant, feed your giant raise your giant so that then at the moment your giant comes against you that is too great for you you now have to go to them to slay the giant but now they're your giant killer but they created the problem just to solve the problem so that you would always have to have them to be your giant killer Is anybody with me right now, right now? Be careful that there's people that are not around you creating problems so that they can solve the problem so that then you need them to be your problem solver. Uh. Contention. They'll live for a problem to kill the problem, to deal with the problem because they always have to have a problem. But God didn't call us to live from problem to problem. God didn't call us to live from issue to issue. God didn't call us to go from battle to battle. (laughs) He said from faith to faith and glory to glory. My Bible says that God always causes me. To triumph—that means God said, "I want you to live in victory, walk in victory." <laughs> don't you never say you want to shout at the title? You want to shout at the title? That means—that means—that means I, I don't—I don't live to be a contender. I don't live to be contentious. I don't live for a problem. I live to be an answer to the problem. I live for resolutions and not for conflicts. I live to be a peacemaker. Is anybody hearing me right now? I live to overcome and to live overcoming you are not just conquerors you are more than conquerors you're not just warriors you are champions you are called to live in the victory of Christ I don't know where your fight is in your life right now, but I speak over your life right now, and you will no longer be battle-minded, you will no longer be problem-driven, you will no longer be stressed, surviving, go in the name of Jesus, may you wake up every morning and say, thank you for the victory today. When you lay your head down at night, say, God, I thank you that I can rest from all my enemies, because you are my victory. But listen, you can't be a champion until you were first a contender. There's never been a champion that's ever been crowned that just showed up the champion. So it's not a matter if you have a fight. It's just what are you fighting for?
0: The greatest threat to the body of Christ is what I'm about to minister to you. Because God didn't call us and say that our greatest fight
1: will be against the world. The contention of the church is not a battle against God's system and the world's system. The battle of the church is with the church. The greatest threat to the the enemy never, never, ever has been able to conquer the church or defeat the church or threaten the church from the outside in. Somebody in here, you need to understand something. That the systems of this world cannot affect the order of God. Kingdoms can rise and kingdoms can fall, the flower can fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Why do you feel so stressed about what's going on in the world as if what's going on in the world dictates what's happening in your life? Maybe it's because you're relying on the wrong system And because you're relying on the wrong system, you think that dictates your struggle. The world doesn't answer my struggle. The world's not the cause of my problem. No, 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 no. I live outside of that system. I'm not from this world. I'm here to help be an answer to this world, but I'm in it. But I'm not of it. Therefore, whatever it's of, ain't of me. I'm here to change it. I'm not part of it, though I am in it. Because what is in me is greater than what is in it. And God put me in it to show that what greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Is it? If you acting like. If you responding like. If you fighting like.
0: The attacks never. The enemies
1: never threatened the church from the outside in. God said, "If there's ever going to be a threat, why do you think Jesus stood and said this?" Blessed are you,
0: Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood. Hath not revealed
1: this unto you. But my Father which is in heaven, and upon this rock, upon you really having revelation of who I am and the kingdom I am from, upon this rock I will build my ecclesia, my called out ones. That means they were in the world. But I called them out of the world, and now they're not of the world. And I'm going to build through them my church. And here's how you know it's my church. Listen to this. He said, this is how I know. Notice something. He didn't call us to build church. That's not our job. Up on this rock, I will build my church. That means building church is not our job, it's his job. Our job is just to stay in alignment with his kingdom and to bring people into the awareness of the rock. And if we build them awareness of the rock upon that rock, he will, he will build his church. Why? So there used to be a time I used to sweat over people walking away. I used to cry alligator tears over people who had the wrong opinion or misunderstanding of, or, or, or would try to, to, to think something different or I didn't like them or didn't want them. And I would chase them down trying to change their opinion. God delivered me from that a while ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He anointed me for Goodbye. (laughs) He he anointed me. He anointed me for seeing you. Wouldn't want to be yet. <laughs> it's not it's not it's not that I thought they were bad. It's not that I thought they were de- they were the devil. It's not that I thought that they were enemy. No, 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 no. I just understood. I understand that there's times people going to come. There's times people are going to go. But I can't build this. I can't do this. I can't convince you. I can't chase you down. I can't change your mind. But if I get you to the rock, huh, upon this rock, if you if I can teach Jesus if I can get Jesus if I can give you a revelation of his truth of who he really is upon that rock he can build a church if all you come for is the coffee we in trouble as good as the coffee is If all you come is for everybody who likes you and you like them, we in trouble. (sighs) Upon this rock, I will build my church. He said, I need you to understand every champion's ever first started with contender, but the problem is, what are you contending for? The world's contention is not ours. The greatest attack has never for the threat of the enemy has never come from the outside in. But he said, up on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The only thing that can prevail against the church is a gate. And it's not the gates of hell down there in the lake of fire. It's the gates of hell that the enemy brings within the church to separate us, to divide us, to be sitting in the same aisle and in the same pew and we might as well be worlds away. Mm. Because we're in a spiritual body still living with a flesh mind. And as long as you still think according to flesh, you, you are fighting God. For the carnal mind
0: is enmity against God. That's why he said, no, no, man,
1: after the flesh. Because if I see you according to the flesh, I'm going to judge you according to your flesh. But if for me to really recognize honor, recognize respect, and see value in who you are, I can't look at your flesh. I have to be able to see inside of you and see your heart and see your destiny and see the God inside of you. That means if I see, judge you according to your flesh, there's going to be something in all of our flesh that if you want to find a flaw, you'll find it in our flesh. If you want to find problems with me, you probably found one while I'm talking today. If you want to find problems with me, you can find some problems with me. If you know me after the flesh, you're going to find some problems in my flesh. But if you know me by the Spirit if you know me oh is anybody with me right now if you know that means somebody just sitting next to you you can't judge them according to what mama called them what mama told you they were what their background says what their past is where they came from where they matriculated from how educated they are how what degree they are if you that's all flesh that's all flesh that's all flesh but I gotta know you by the spirit I gotta be able to be able to discern and know that what is on you is not what is in you and what is in you is greater than what is on you and if I can speak to what's In you. What's in you will free you from everything that is on you, and I'll stay with you. And I'll. See, you can't have covenant until you have a spiritual covenant. That means if I have covenant with you, that means there's that spirit to spirit. That means I know who you are in the Spirit. If I'm connected to you in the Spirit, that means there's nothing in the soul and there's nothing in the flesh that can stop me from who you are in the Spirit. That means, that, that means this. That means there's nothing you can do on the outside that can stop me from the covenant I have with you on the inside. That means I can see you mess up completely and still be there ready to clean it all up. Are you with me right now? Oh, see, people need to get this right here. I don't know if I get past this today, but it's okay, because because I feel this in my spirit right now. I feel this in my spirit right now. Why are we still, why are we coming into a spiritual spiritual, trying to come into a spiritual life and a spiritual identity and still walking with a flesh mindset? See, if, you, if I have a spiritual covenant with you, that means now my covenant with you is beyond flesh. It's beyond emotion. It's beyond, it's beyond feelings. It's beyond mind. It's beyond thoughts. See, if I have a spiritual covenant with you, that means now my spiritual my covenant is so eternal with you and so unconditional with you that there's no conditional in my feet, condition in, that I'm in my feelings, and no condition I am in my life that stops me from the covenant I have with you in the spirit. That means the moment I'm in spiritual covenant with you, you can't make me angry enough to leave you. Ooh. It's because That's an erroneous statement by itself. Nobody's ever made you angry. 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 I don't the, the news didn't make you angry. Facebook didn't make you angry. You were angry. You made did they? So that means now your your emotions that means they made you angry you are a spirit you possess your soul that means emotions don't have you you have emotions that means that means if they can make you angry that means that your emotions are in control of you you are not in control of them No, they didn't make you angry. You chose to be angry. Nobody made you go off on them. You went, I'm going off on you (laughs) right now. It's because now you made a decision based on an emotion Because you're not connected in a spirit. Because my covenant in the spirit overrides how I feel in my emotion. Oh, this is too deep for everybody in this room. Because somebody somebody's like, uh, Yeah, that's the problem.
0: How many have a job?
1: How many have ever had a bad day on your job? How many went back to the day, to work the next day? Oh, 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 oh! You went back to work. Oh, but they made you so angry. But you went back to work. But they made you so angry.
0: But it, <laughs> oh, it's because you you, you like that check. A check,
1: not purpose, not destiny, not something of that, of kingdom significance. You mean you went back to a job when they made you angry, but the moment somebody made you angry in the church, you decided you had to up and uproot? Up root? Oh, I know where you're, <laughs> you got a contract, not a covenant. Because you got all this condition list.
0: And you got to make me feel right. You got to make me. Mm. What are you fighting about?
1: And we've now gotten so distracted from the real fight because that's how the enemy wins, you know. The enemy wants you to fight things outside when the real fight is in. The enemy wants us to focus on what happens in the world when meanwhile, we don't even have the answer in the church because we can't agree on anything. And the, and, and the contention that's in the world is a result of the contention that's in the kingdom because now we haven't come into kingdom because we have our own contention with this that and the other and we're using flesh and we're using this and I like this and they did that and they said this and I feel like that and they made me feel like and all of a sudden now we got all this until now we've built entire church around what your flesh likes what what your emotions like I like it I like that church because that guy's funny and I like preaching that's funny I like to feel good after I went, I don't want to feel, no, 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 nothing wrong, like you shouldn't leave church beat down. Can I get an amen? But you ought to leave church challenged. You ought to leave church, if there's no challenge, there is no change. And some of us have been drawn to church that don't have to change us. Because we like to go to church that leaves us where we are and says we're okay because everybody's where they are. No, it's not all right. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. Oh, that just messed up somebody's theology right there. No, I was a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. Oh, that means sin no longer rules me, sin no longer is my identity. I refuse to stand up in the middle of the service and say, I'm a sinner. Saved by grace. Are you saying you're without sin? Are you saying you're perfect? No, I'm just saying my identity is not in my sin. My identity is in the grace of God. I was bound, but now I'm free. I was blind, but now I see. I was lost. I'm not still lost. I've been found. He who the Son sets free. Is not partially free is not kind of free is not working on being free no who the son sets free is free indeed you may not feel free but you are free you may not act free but you are free for now are we the sons of God but it doth not yet appear what we shall be can I tell you he's just trying to make you what you already are can I tell you he's just trying to bring you into the victory you are already have to have the freedom he's already given you for you to have the identity he's already called you before the foundation of the world and he's just trying to bring you into what is already
0: yours and he's saying i want you to see this
1: what you're fighting for the enemy always not a matter will you have a contention because you can't be a champion without a contention but what are you contending for
0: he said the greatest threat that's going to come to the church and in your life is not from an outside influence in it's going to be the war for what's in you."
1: that's why he said the gates of hell shall not prevail why? is because the greatest tool that the enemy can use to destroy the body is division. Is to keep this over here and that over there. To use, I was Greek and I was Jew. To use, I was Samaritan and you were to use, I was black and you were white. To use, I was I came from, I came from Pentecost you were Catholic. I came from Baptist. You were Methodist. I came from, Is anybody with me right now? Until now, we spend our struggles defending our stances to each other instead of defending standing with each other. Let me defend why I say what I say. Let me defend my stance. On this situation. Let me defend. Let me defend my point of view. That's the problem. You got the wrong point of view. You still fighting from Earth.
0: Because you don't have a bird's eye view. Because God doesn't look at it from Earth. God is an eagle.
1: Ah, is because he doesn't see from earth. He sees from heaven. And the problem is, you're still seeing from an earthly perspective because you still have an earthly mindset. But if you would change your point of view, you wouldn't have to fight for your point of view anymore because I don't have my point of view. I have a different view. in which Come up. John, come up here. <laughs> John, come up here. Turn to touch your neighbor. Say, "Come on up! Come on up! Come on up! Come on up! Come on up!" You fighting this earthly battle. You fighting this flesh battle. You think that person who said that word to you is your enemy? You think that that person who put that post up is your enemy? You think that a person you are on the you are ready to beat? I am blue and you are red. I am this and you are that. I am there. Di- I'm. Let me tell you why I believe. How could you be a believer and stand with that? How could you be a believer and stand with her? How could you be a believer? Come up, come up, come up, John, and I will show you things which were and are and must be here after. There's something beyond this. There's something after this. There's something greater than this. Are you fighting down here because you hadn't learned to fight from up here? If I will show you how to fight from heaven, I will show you how to fight from the Spirit so you stop thinking your battle is with flesh.
0: We wrestle not.
1: I don't care if you don't come back next week. It's okay, I'll be here. Oh, Can somebody say amen? Because somebody gotta say a thing. Are you hearing me? Somebody got to say a thing. I came to contend for a thing. I came to contend for a thing. I came to fight for a thing it's time to stop fighting people it's time to stop fighting each other it's time time to stop fighting denomination it's time to stop fighting where you came from and where they did to you and how they hurt you and how they wounded you you are distracted you are in a skirmish and you are missing the battle and while you're fighting this little fight you're missing the war because the enemies use this in your life to distract you from where the real fight is because this fight ain't outside of you This fight is in you. (laughs) This fight is for the faith.
0: While While you're busy
1: fighting over your doctrinal stance, you now have worshipped your doctrine and no longer worshipped by faith.
0: You worship now and live to show that
1: oh, is there one in the Godhead or three in the Godhead. Oh. Yeah, I just said that and somebody just said, What are you What's your stance? Because depending on where your stance, it depends on whether or not I come in next week. I can't worship one of them G- worship I can't be have a pastor that's in Jesus only pastor. I ain't going to go to hell.
0: You're fighting over semantics. Where three persons or three manifestations. You're fighting over whether or not you speak in tongues and you don't speak in tongues. I can speak with the tongues of angels. angel from heaven. I can speak mysteries. Deep revelation.
1: I can preach like you never heard the same passage 15 times. You've read it 50 million times. I preach it one time and you go, I never saw it like that, but now I see it like that. My God, where did you come from? And I can preach with all that, have all of that, but it's just a ting, 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 ding, ting, 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 tink, tink, ting, 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 ting. Cause now I'm showing you how deep I am.
0: You don't even know God loves you. We can't even get together because I'm so deep in my life, illumination. What are you like? Where's the contention in your house? Where's the contention between you and your child? You know that thing that they they don't even hardly talk to you no more? You know that thing where they shut themselves in the room? And you know the thing where
1: the only time you get together in your marriage is when you meet at night and over morning coffee, and even then you have the newspaper in front of you so you don't have to talk to her?
0: What is that? Where's that contention at work coming from? Where's that contention? What's your, what's your schism in the church? What's your... What's the thing holding you back from unity? What's the whole thing holding you back from giving your everything? What's the, what's the thing that keeps you in reserve and cautious and protective? can I tell you the enemy is not fighting for your children?
1: Yeah, super quiet can I tell you the enemy is not fighting for your marriage? can I tell you that the enemy is not fighting you for your finances? do you have a financial fight? yeah but he's not fighting you for that
0: do you have a fight in your marriage? yeah. he's not fighting you for that do you have a fight over your children's life and salvation? yep. Yeah, he's not fighting you for that He's just using that. So number one, distract you from the fight. But then
1: also know that those things are connected to your heart and to your faith. He's not fighting you over your children. He's just using your children to get to your faith. He's not fighting you in your marriage. He's just using that marriage in order to test and battle and beat the faith.
0: He's not fighting your
1: finances or your job or your business.
0: He's not fighting the economy. He's fighting for your faith.
1: He's fighting for your "I don't believe it anymore." He's fighting for what you've reserved and resolved in yourself that.
0: It's just not meant to be. He's fighting
1: for your give up. I stop believing God's word and his promise. And all that sounds good on Sunday morning, but it's not real in my life. He's fighting for you to live your life like the world and fight like the world Monday through Saturday to come sing Jesus songs about how much faith you have on Sunday. He's fighting for the faith
0: because the faith is the one thing you can't fake.
1: You can't fake faith, and I'm closing. I didn't even get to the message. Anybody get a message in my pre-message? He's fighting for your faith. He's fighting for not just your faith because the problem may be that your faith may not be the faith. Oh, what are you saying? I'm saying that there's a lot of things that are calling themselves the faith that are just your faith, her faith, his faith.
0: We got versions. How do you believe? And how
1: do you believe? But he didn't say there are variations of this. He didn't say he's fighting for a faith. He said, I contend
0: for the faith that was once. <laughs>
1: That means there is a faith that is not this multiple choice faith. There is the faith that is not this oh, trees of different fruits that I can pull from faith. This is not a smorgasbord. This is not a I like this, you like that, we like this. It doesn't mean that we don't walk in the faith differently and approach God and have differences. Many many gifts, many diversities, but one body, one faith in you all. There is one Lord. A few versions of faith. No, no, no. There is one Lord, one faith, one spirit in you all and through you all. Let this mind not a version of your mind, let this mind be in you. We are in one mind and one spirit. See, we're fighting for our way of thinking because we don't want to lose our mind. Can I tell you, you can't walk in his mind until you lose your mind. Look at him and say, y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, up in here, up in here. Maybe God's bringing this stuff contending with you to get you to a point where you have a mental breakdown, where where your mind breaks down, where your mind gets lost, where you say, God, help me lose my mind. Help me lose my thinking because I want the mind of Christ. I don't want to walk in a mind of division. I don't want to walk in a mind where I contend for how I think against how you think. God, I don't want to walk in a mind of disagreement. I want to walk in a mind of unity, of agreement. I don't want to come into every church and think, okay, what's the deal with this place? I don't want to meet every person and go, okay, what's your issue? What's your angle? I don't want to walk into every church and go, "Ah, what don't I like? What can I not agree with today?
0: What can I stand and prove my point in? Your mind. Stand with me all over this room.
1: See, the enemy doesn't have to get you to fall into great sin to defeat you. The enemy doesn't have to get you to fail God to defeat your destiny. All he has to do is distract you long enough that you run out of
0: time to fulfill it.
1: And Maybe the fight you've been fighting in your life is not the fight maybe it's the distraction that's keeping you from real victory
0: because you're fighting skirmish while he's building the wall we're making There's a world looking for answers, and we're pointing out problems. Why are you intent? You're having to go to 50 million counseling sessions with your daughter. You're trying to talk out your problem.
1: If we can just talk about it, we can get it out in the open. How do you feel? How do you feel? I feel when you do this, this makes me feel like this. And when you do this, it makes me feel like that. So you're fighting feelings. I want you to think about the person that has hurt you the most ever in your life think about the person that devastated you did some stuff that wasn't as bad there's some people in here that there's some people that did some evil can I tell you that person didn't do the evil just a body that the evil did not through and if you think they're your problem that problem's coming back because it'll just change bodies and you'll keep recycling the same battle because you never won the war I don't understand why I can't get a good man. I don't understand why every relation, everybody, every man, they start out thinking like, they look like just the perfect fit. And then, I don't understand why Bishop, pray for me because I just keep attracting dogs. Would you just pray the spirit of doggy man get off of me? Well, I will the moment you stop carrying bacon in your pocket. Because maybe the problem ain't the dog, maybe it's the bacon. Because dogs just love bacon. And as long as you got the bacon in you, there's a dog coming. Oh, but it's the dog. It's not the bacon. A dog just doing what the dog does. Have you ever tried to put, have you ever tried to cook bacon in your house with a dog, and house? that dog will do some cabinet climbing, some kitchen coasting. Give me a just a crumb of the bacon. You don't want your dog to eat some food? Just put a little bit of bacon down in that dog. Where is the
0: bacon?
1: What are you saying? Like, I'm just saying to you. You're fighting externals. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And God's saying, it's not only in your life, but it's in the life of the kingdom that the greatest threat is because we've lost the faith. We've lost what we agree on. We've lost that from every tribe and every nation, every background we've lost the fact that when everybody shows up here they all got an issue that's why they're here how do you know that because that's why you're here you're here because you're here to seek him because you need him What makes you think you're going to show up in a place with all your problems and show up with a group of people that are seeking Him for their problem and they're going to be problem-free and not have an issue? You want a perfect place filled with perfect people except for you. And you fight. Why do you think that there's things that He says... I hate. List all the things that God says he hates. That's Bible study for you this week. Here's the things. How many want to love what he loves? How many want to hate what he hates? I want you to do Bible study and find out what God hates. Find out what he hates. All of a sudden, the contention won't seem far from you. Like when he says I love a proud spirit, I hate a a proud spirit. Like when he says I hate gossip, when he he starts dealing with internal about what he hates, why does he hate it? Why does he hate it? Does he hate it because he just hates it? No, he hates it because it's the gate. It's the thing that's holding you back from loving him, loving people, giving yourself completely, and saying, God, I'm done fighting my fight. I'm done fighting over my point of view. I'm done contending with things that are not the fight. I'm ready to join forces in spite of our differences and fight the fight of the faith. (sighs) Why, somebody came to me and I'm done. He said, why do we, why aren't we seeing the power of God in our churches anymore? Why are we seeing altar services where people are just hit by the power of god why do we go in and we go in and we go out we go through most it's not that we don't feel god's presence it's not that we don't feel like we had a good word it doesn't mean we didn't have a good service but i'm talking about those kind of services where god comes in and just wrecks the place and takes over and people leave completely changed for eternity and forever where is the power i'll show you you can have no power you can have no revelation of God where there is no reverence of God the fear of the Lord is the beginning that means the moment we no longer walk in the spirit and in the fear of God in the spirit don't expect the spirit to show up where he is not revered anymore and we've made the things of God of no effect because we're not afraid of the things of God anymore but may God arise may there be a people that say I'm done fighting all this mess fight I'm done fighting all these flesh emotional fearful, all this little schisms. I'm ready for the faith. God, bring us, bring us back. Bring us back. Bring us back. Bring us back. Bring us back to the faith that was once delivered. Lift your hands right now. Remember when you just came after God without all your opinions between it? Remember when you didn't have your stance on all the doctrinal points of the church. Remember when it was just, I believe you. God, I trust. You. God, I have faith that you're gonna change my life. I have faith for my family. I have faith for my marriage. God, I put the fight in your hands and I'm just gonna trust. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight for my my faith. I'm not gonna lose my faith. I'm not gonna lose my faith. I'm not gonna lose my faith. I'm not gonna let people get in between me and the faith. I'm not gonna let issues get between me and the faith. I'm gonna not let all these little disagreements that don't even amount to anything. No, God there's something greater I'm fighting for. There's something more. There's a faith that will change this world. There's a faith that will make, break every chain. There's a faith that will feed every hungry spirit. There's a faith that if it comes it will heal every crisis in your mind. It will heal every issue in your family. It will heal every issue and stop dealing with all those little fights if you get this victory. If you get this victory for your faith he will fight for you when you have fought for the faith put your hands all over this room there's people in this room I'm talking to you right now the enemy's tried to wait bring a wave of discouragement against you the enemy's tried to bring a wave of depression the enemy's tried to bring a wave of heaviness against you. The enemy's tried to just get you so bogged down with all that's going on around you, in your family, in the world, on the news, in everything, and meanwhile all those issues and all those things fighting you are fighting the real, are distracting you from the real fight and they're trying to get after your faith where you just so are discouraged you don't hardly believe anymore. You, you're so discouraged that you now just made up your mind, I don't want to be part of anything anymore. You hurt by so many churches that now you don't want to be part of any anymore you don't even think there's a need for it anymore you don't even think you have you got so hurt by a covering that now you refuse to have one you've been so hurt by a man that now you live lonely because you don't want a man you've been You've been so wounded in your family that now you are getting ready to go to Thanksgiving and you all know the code of silence you have to keep over those issues that you can't talk about, that you have to go around the elephant in the room because you never ate the elephant that was in the room and slayed it and chopped it into pieces, but now you live around it because now you fight little issues because you didn't deal with the war. You've learned to live without intimacy in your marriage because you have not won that war, the faith that was delivered. Andre Crouch used to sing a song, Take Me Back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I once believed you. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Where I first believed. Take me back to that place of hunger. I didn't care about all the issues I care about now. Take me back to the place where it was so pure. It was just, all I lived for was you. Take me back to that place in my walk, God. Where the only fight I lived for was anything that would discourage me from believing you. Lift your hands all over this room right now. I'm done. Grab the hand of somebody next to you and near you right now. Lift it. Whoa. What are you preaching this for? Is because I'm speaking to somebody. God told me that there are people that are, anybody that hears this message is because of divine purpose. Is because he does not want you pulled into a fight that is not the fight because you are to be the victor and not the victim you are to be the answer and not the problem but as long as you keep fighting the problem you can't be the answer I need you to move beyond those problems. I need you to move beyond what don't matter. And I need you to rise because now I want you to use you as long as you keep operating and fighting flesh you're going to keep fighting of flesh you're going to keep opposing you're going to keep seeing people wrong you're going to keep seeing other people wrong you're going to keep seeing their opinion as a thing that stands between you and them when that's the very thing that God's wanting you to overcome so that you can reach beyond their opinion to find who they are and speak to who they are beyond how it looks like they're fighting everything that you stand for Because you are an overcomer of the world, you are not a victim. You're in this room, and here's what I felt God's calling us to corporately. I'm not calling an individual altar call today. I'm calling for every person that says, I'm ready. I'm ready to be God's champion, because I'm ready to contend for the real contention. I'm ready to rise above the issues that swirl around me. I'm ready to rise. I'm ready for me and my house. I'm ready for me and this house I'm ready to be because listen to me as the bishop of this house we are not fighting certain fights we are not fighting we are not getting involved do do not judge me because I don't take your stance do not judge me because I'm not aligning myself with your with your petty issue there is a greater war there is a greater war there is a greater war there is a greater purpose And until we get to that faith we can't overcome those issues and this house ain't called to that petty skirmish this house is called to rise higher this car whoa it will be an answer not just a pointer of problems it will be the resolution this is going to be the place where everything that is far and near, that's been from every tribe, every nation, every stance, every background, comes to a common salvation. Oh, God. This is the place where we don't point out differences. This is the place where we are the difference. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to stay connected with Limitless Church, Please check us out on all social media platforms at LimitlessCHR. We'll see you next time.